On today's episode, Will and I go ahead and interview Lucy Wonderlick. She's somebody that both of us knew while we were at Benedictine College. I mean, we're still at Benedictine College, but she has graduated at this point. She actually really helped me get into the SGA program at Benedictine College, which is the Student Government Association. Um, somebody that we both enjoyed playing volleyball with. Just a really inspiring person. Uh, she's now found herself in the professional field, um, working with some high-end real estate apartments. Um, and I, I feel like I really enjoyed this interview. And um, Will, would you say the same? I would actually. Yeah, it was good to good to catch up with her. Especially, I was actually kind of curious about that the kind of that young professional atmosphere out there in D.C. So that was probably my favorite piece to get to know a little bit better, how she's handling that, how stuff from college is transferring into that new environment of being a young professional. So yeah, I mean, super enjoyable, obviously. And I think, I think she had a good time too. I mean, I hope she did sound like she did. Yeah, I, I would say so. Um, and as we continue to kind of roll out some interviews, guys, we're really trying to give you a, a full spectrum of different possibilities. I mean, we've gone from an athletic coach and a mentor to us who aren't as exciting as our guests, but a, a professor, um, a young entrepreneur that has started his own company, and now somebody that's within the professional field. And then we have an exciting one coming up next too, I know for sure. Um, but just trying to give you a full spectrum, just really get to know the how of who these people are in a lot of different facets of life. Um, please go ahead, comment, rate, let us know how we're doing. Please, we wanna to try to improve this podcast as much as we can. And uh, you can now find us on pretty much every single uh, podcast outlet that includes Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Both I know we are really excited about. And uh, yeah, yeah, guilty pleasure just typing in the how of who we are on the Spotify search bar just to see it pop up. Very exciting. Very Definitely. exciting. Guilty Definitely. pleasure. We're, Love it. We're trying to make some moves here and uh, we're glad you guys are joining us with those. Um, but here's a quick message from our friends at Stay Fresh Lifestyle. Do you feel like you could get some encouragement? Do you want to stay motivated or feel inspired? Stay Fresh Lifestyle is a lifestyle brand that encourages, motivates, and inspires people to live a positively charged lifestyle. Reminding people the only way to stay fresh is to be rooted in God so your freshness will never dry up. Our mission is to live refreshed lives in the living word of God and developing the whole person to leave a personal fingerprint on life's endeavors. Stay Fresh Lifestyle accomplishes this through Stay Fresh Hair Studio, the mentorship program, the Refresh Bible Study, and philanthropy. The way you can become a Stay Fresh crew member and support our mission is to purchase our products at westayfresh.joomla.com and follow us on Instagram at underscore stay fresh lifestyle and at underscore stay fresh cuts. Stay fresh. Hello, how are you guys? <laughs> really good. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. I'm so excited to just have some human interaction. I'm like shaking right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. And this is this is gonna be a, a good fun time too. I know that for sure. Absolutely. I'm planning on it. Who knows what words will come out of my mouth, but hopefully they're good ones. Perfect. That's well said right there. So welcome to the how of who we are. I'm Keaton Carney, joined by Will Schmitz, of course. Hello, hello. So, we'll, I mean, we'll just go ahead and uh, we'll, we'll dive on in and get this started. Um, yeah. And Ms. Lucy Wonderlich, um, Will and I know her through uh, Benedictine College. Um, I got to know her pretty well through SGA as well. She was actually the person that helped me 
pretty much got me into SGA um, at the beginning when I, I transferred in there spring 2019. Thanks for that, um, by the way. Um, You're welcome. I gotcha. Now, now she's graduated and uh, passed, passed the college phase in life. And um, yeah, move, moving on to the next step. That's right. It's been, you know, a little bit over a year now, and it definitely doesn't feel like that. It's crazy how fast the time has gone. But at the same time, looking back to just a year ago, I feel like like 50% different of a person, of a human being. Just so much growth and development still happens after college. And I think uh, people focus so much on college and, you know, the change that happens during that period of time. Sometimes you don't think, oh, afterwards, that doesn't stop. You know what I mean? So it's definitely been, my journey has continued. It's still been a lot of fun. It's good to hear. So I had a question in mind that I was ready to ask you, but I'm going to, I'm going to do a quick change of directions um, and ask you going along with what you're saying, what is something or a few things that you feel like you learned from college that are still a part of you and that, that are still things that are really important to you? Yeah, absolutely. I learned a lot when I was at BC. It wasn't always, to be honest, to be completely blunt, um, it wasn't always my favorite place to be. You know, and a lot of these lessons, I'm realizing that I learned in at BC, I'm seeing them in hindsight and being more grateful that, for them now that I'm out of that situation. Um, I would say overall, the main thing that I have learned is that when I was there, you know, there was always so much more going on underneath the surface. You would encounter so many people during the day, you would have your friend groups, you would know of other people. But when it came down to it, there was so much, like everybody was always going through something or trying to accomplish something. Everybody had their hopes and dreams. And it was so easy to just see these people and, you know, take them for face value, surface level, instead of trying to get to that deeper level or maybe not assuming that what you saw was all that was what was going on. Um, so I guess that was one of the biggest things is just maybe taking a step back, you know, regardless of how I felt at the moment, trying not to judge the people that were around me. Something that I realized only like pretty late in college. I know I met both of you guys literally my last semester at BC. So yeah, I, I don't know in. if That's right. you really, you guys were probably pretty fortunate that you didn't know me freshman or sophomore year. I'll just leave it there. I learned a lot of tough lessons those two years. Um, I would say maybe the number two thing that I took out of college experience was really knowing um, what was out there, the opportunities that were out there. I come from a really sheltered background, a really strict family. Um, and so I had to go to those parties. I had to have the student athlete experience. I had to realize what really was going to work and was going to, you know, kind of like help me progress in my life and become the human that I want to be. And maybe some things that were going to hold me back a little bit as well. But I had to learn those lessons for myself and learn them the hard way. Um, and that was done by kind of just putting myself out there, putting myself in those new situations. College definitely helped with that, I will say. Coming from homeschooling to uh, a college of almost 2,000 students, that made a pretty big difference. And I, I think all of that combined, like that's essential for being able to create who you are. Um, because something that we've talked about on previous interviews is that you have, you have the good and the bad but that's all mixed together. You don't just have the good, you don't just have the bad. And I'm not even necessarily saying anything you were saying was bad, but that doesn't mean that there's not bad stuff within there. Um, and something I believe we actually spoke about as well when you were still at BC, is that you never really know what's going on in other people's lives. You really don't, unless you fully dig in and get to know them, 
which is, you know, exactly the purpose of this podcast, you don't really know what's going on in their lives. Because when I met you, I had no idea that you were homeschooled, you know, coming into BC or anything like that. And then once I got to know you a little better, that, you know, I, I knew that at that point, but that was after going through getting to know you as well. Right. After, after a few things, you could be like, all right, yeah, I can tell she's homeschooled now. <laughs> I don't necessarily say that, but, um, you know, once you, it's like, once you, you're not thinking about it, you have no idea, but once it's been pointed out to you, you're like, oh, well, I mean, I, I can kind of, kind of see. Yeah. Things. I know what you mean. I think so often maybe I felt judged by the people around me. And so I in turn started to judge the people around me instead of cutting them the slack and cutting myself the slack that everybody just automatically should receive and deserves. Um, so I think that was just something so important for me to learn um, really towards becoming an adult and being able to be in a world that's maybe less of a bubble where I am right now, obviously compared to Atchison, in Kansas, um, I'm now living and working in the Washington DC area. And that's a big change. So being able to learn those lessons while I was at college was actually really crucial to being able to have a, a successful life out here as well. That's awesome. Yeah, I definitely can tell like you've expanded the, the circles of where you're living at more and more as time went on, which is super cool. Um, and we actually, so we've covered a little bit about like where you're from and like, well, I guess what your background is, but we have kind of a, a little bit of a tradition going. It's, it's starting to become a tradition around here um as sort of an intro kind of for those who don't know you personally if yeah you can see the keaton's got it up the our logos on the on the screen here and you can kind of see the different symbols the minnesota that's a french press there um lacrosse helmet because you know lax bros and then you got the colorado sea so we were thinking the question is if you had four symbols to describe who you are after all this time of discovery and growth, what would those four symbols be? Gotcha. I kind of got the feeling listening from your previous episodes that you were going to ask me this question. <laughs> yeah, go figure so out. <laughs> I am we're well prepared. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that first and foremost, of course, my faith is super important in my life. Um, but I would put for the symbol for my faith, actually, the one side of the St. Benedict's Medal. Um, there would be the side of the cross and then a bunch of little letters around it. To be honest, I also have this as a tattoo. So it's definitely important to me. Um, basically, on this, the side of the St. Benedict's Medal, there's a letter and it stands for a Latin word. Each letter stands for a Latin word. It's basically a prayer um, telling the devil to F off, to put it very simply. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I found that that might be a necessary message for me to, you know, keep throughout my life in and you know my perseverance and trying to do what's right and trying to become a better person every day and my faith has been so crucial this entire time you know there have been periods of time where i've you know really appreciated it where i have really abandoned it it's really been an up and down thing but throughout the entire time it's always been something to go back to so that's really really important to me um secondly i have to put a volleyball up there i just gotta do gotta it gotta do it uh, <laughs> gotta so do it I've, I've played volleyball since i was like eight years old i always have called it the love of my life because again it's always there for me and i've always been pretty good at it so uh playing it all the I way through college yeah oh man you i can't I even tell concur. you how much i miss playing volleyball even uh, you know up at the rec center like we used to well oh my goodness gracious 
my volleyball career, I mean, it's never really truly going to be over. Um, one fun thing I actually started doing once I moved to this area is I sought out and with the help of some new friends joined a volleyball league. Um, that has been so much fun. And it's like an adult league every few weeknights. Um, and then as well through that same club, I've started coaching, which has been a whole nother deal. Um, coaching teenage girls is really something else. I'm not sure I could describe describe it very succinctly. It's a challenge, but it's also a joy. I'll yeah, say it's that. like I'll, I'll let you uh, I'll let you handle that. I don't know if that's mm-hmm. my forte necessarily. Yeah, well, even having been one, I still look at these girls that I coach sometime, and I'm just like, what is going on? But <laughs> I love them. I love them, and I love the idea of you know coaching, developing not just physical strength and mental and emotional strength. Um, so that's something that has been important to me as well. Can I uh, buddy um, you real quick? Yeah, absolutely. I wanted to ask you, um, did you think you were going to end up doing coaching for volleyball or was it just something that since you have such of a love of the game of volleyball, you felt like that was kind of a necessary next step after playing, you know, collegiate athletics? Gotcha. So actually, no, I told myself the opposite. I said that, well, unless I like have a daughter someday and she wants to play, like I'll heavily pressure her to play, but if she ends up not wanting to, I guess that's okay. But I was like in the future, maybe like put it off. And then the opportunity opened up to me. Um, It was actually, it was a challenge and it was uncomfortable because going through college volleyball was a big struggle for me. Um, You know, I was never the go-to guy. I was not a starter. I didn't get a whole lot of playing time. Didn't really make varsity most of my time there. And to be honest, that felt like something I should be embarrassed about the entire time, even though the fact was I made it onto a college volleyball team after never playing club volleyball in my life and being homeschooled for high school. Like that alone was an achievement, right? But instead I was so tempted and I didn't feel a lot of support either. I uh, didn't have a whole lot of camaraderie that, you know, as you guys as teammates have so much camaraderie. I feel like your team is so strong most of the time. And I didn't really sense that all the time with my own team. We had some internal drama and things going on and also just my personal insecurities that made college volleyball kind of maybe make me think less of my skills, unfortunate as that is. Um, So being able to start coaching has helped me realize how much knowledge I actually do possess, how much it is natural for me. And I'm good at this sport and I know things about it. My volleyball IQ is so much better than I previously thought. Um, So that's been so beneficial for me. And it's something that I never could have predicted. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so I want to kind of jump back into the other two symbols. It sounds like you had some prepared already. So what are, what are the, the last two you've got for us? Absolutely. So it's cliche, but my symbol for my family is going to be a heart, of course, because I love my family immensely. Um, I haven't always had a super strong family. Um, to be completely honest, I grew up in an abusive household and I did not have that support system. I did not have a path to success set out for me. And I really like even throughout college, it was a struggle. It was always behind the scenes. Most of some of my closest friends still don't really know the full truth, my whole story, my background behind that. But at the same time, it's made me appreciate now. I live, you know, with one of my sisters. Another one is right across town in Virginia. And then one of them's up in Pennsylvania. And having the, you know, the family support now that I never had before is so important to me. And being able to grow in those develop develop those relationships now when I never could before, I, I can't even really honestly express how valuable that is to me. Yeah. yeah. Family. Yeah, go I've it's funny because we were we were talking about 
couple interviews ago or last one of the previous interviews how um, sometimes life, every day we write a page in, in our book of life and some of those some of those pages are fun to write some of those pages are hard to write and I think family is a great kind of a great like example of sometimes it's awesome sometimes you know there's different aspects so but I appreciate you appreciate that and then if there's one more symbol that you could describe yourself with this is incredibly ironic. So you just said the book. My last symbol was a book. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. and this, this symbolizes a lot of different things for me. I've always been a nerd, you know, I've always had that certain degree of intelligence or whatever you may call it, um, that made classes a little bit easier, maybe kind of a little bit lazy, even in college, because I kind of was like, oh, I can just rely, you know, I sometimes say, yeah, my degree was in business management and I sometimes say I got a BA and BS because that's what I really learned how to do <laughs> oh man and then the political side of uh, political science minor only added to that BS so if you know what I mean it kind of you know sometimes I just rely on that too much but at the same time I'm always looking to learn new things I was so excited to graduate college because I said I would finally be in charge of my own education and what I you know really could focus on um outside of grades or turning in assignments, things like that. I am an avid reader. I have been for my entire life, partially because growing up, I really didn't have technology. It wasn't really allowed. So I had to, you know, find books. I had to, I would get loads of books from the library. You would always catch me reading. That was like the thing um, that I could do more than anything else. Um, so I, yeah, that's why, I, that's why I would say a book. And also because um, sometimes I, little, I get into a little bit of writing as well. So I really Ooh. enjoy that too. Spicy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. So yeah, that's awesome. I that was actually funny because the quarantine time, I was telling Keaton earlier, it's it's definitely rekindled that reading habit I used to have. You know, because there's just so much time now. So I'm I already I finished one book, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it's a whole hundred percent more of a book than I've read in the past like three years. So it's oh been good gosh, to get back into reading you. a little bit. What book was it? Uh, it's called The Gates of Fire, Stephen Pressfield. Anyone who hasn't read that book and you're interested in that, in like it's like an ancient history, a historical novel. The, oh my the ancient gosh, Greeks yes. fighting the Persians on the bat and the beaches. It was, I've read it three times, so it wasn't that hard to finish it this time. But <laughs> okay, it's, well that's right up my alley. So I might need to add that to my list. <laughs> Oh, I see you taking yeah, the list is yeah, nice yeah. and handy too, ready to go. Get it, get it down. It's Stephen Pressfield, The Gates of Fire, just all time okay. great. I could go on for hours about that book, but, but yeah, it's a good one. So, I do have a working list of all the books that I still need to read. I go ahead and add that one. It's good stuff. Um, now, I, be, I believe Will, you have a, another question ready to to go ahead and shoot off. Yeah, yeah. So we we're kind of we've kind of covered a lot about. Um, what's going on right now with your life. But the main question we'd like to start off with usually past the logo question is, what are you most excited about in your life right now and why? Oh there's goodness. a lot, it sounds like there's a lot of things that could be answers here, but we'll just kind of see what, what you think is the most exciting. It's really hard to choose. And I didn't necessarily predict this, this thing that I'm so excited about, um, but I hope to be promoted soon. And work has always been really important to me. Um, I started, you know, just only a year ago at my current company. Um, and I love what I do. What I do is sales and marketing and property management. 
for luxury apartments in DC, um, which, you know, they're beautiful, beautiful, highly overpriced apartments. It's crazy. If I compared them to, you know, Kansas rents, Minnesota rents, you guys would probably blow a gasket. It's pretty <laughs> insane. Um, but I love doing it. Um, and I am really hoping that, you know, if everything works out in this next upcoming, upcoming week, trying not to take it for granted, but I'm very confident about it. I should be getting promoted, which has also been amazing because if I have a little bit of perspective about the time that we're in right now, a lot of people are losing their jobs. Their pay is being lowered. They're really struggling. And yet at the same time, here I am choosing between stay in a really awesome, you know, position that I'm already in, or even take the challenge of another position and how it, there possibly cannot be a wrong choice. Um, so I'm just so excited. And like I said, I love a challenge. Um, this new position would definitely help me grow. It would really push me, which is something I'm always looking for. Sweet. So where, where are you, so you're, where are you moving from basically? So you're in, what do you do now? And then how is that going to change into the new, new job? Yeah. So the building that I'm currently working in, first of all, it uh, I'm in the leasing office in the lobby and we have 326 units to lease in that. And um, it just opened last June when I started. And so I've been along with that building the entire way. It's also, it's in a neighborhood of DC called Noma, which is a really highly developing neighborhood. Um, I don't know if any of your listeners will understand this context, but it's highly developing. So there's some things about it that people really like, some things that you really don't like. I'm going to move from that neighborhood in that building into a building with over 800 units and also in an up and coming, you know, it's a neighborhood called Navy Yard. It's full of, you know, a ton of restaurants, a ton of attractions, things to do. Um, so it's automatically going to be a better area. It's automatically going to be a bigger building, which means more apartments to lease, more marketing to do. Um, so, and then also I'm going to basically take my current position, which is called sales and marketing associate and add senior to it. So I never thought I would call myself senior anything for a while again, but here I am. I'm going to be a senior sales and marketing associate. That's awesome. That just sounds like a whole lot of more opportunity to, and like what you were saying, like it's more challenge to put on the plate for you, which I think you, you relish in those opportunities. I really do. And I try not to let fear hold me back. I actually did. I was so proud of myself that I did a whole layout of pros and cons and a list with sticky notes on the wall and everything. And I looked at all my cons and most of them were fear-based. And I said, I have to take this opportunity. I have to do it because I have to overcome all, all of these fears. It just has to be done. So I, yeah, like I said, I'm just so excited. And I'm also really grateful that this opportunity kind of just came out of nowhere. Yeah, that that's crazy. Yeah. There you go, Hakeem. Will, did you have any anything else you wanted to ask about work before I uh, change uh, changed uh, the trajectory a little bit? Yeah, I did. I, I was kind of curious, you know, because I'm, you know, both Keaton and I are still in college, and we're I'm actually about to start an internship, and then Keaton and I are going to graduate here at some point. TBD, we'll TBD, like thirty <laughs> years or so. We'll graduate, but uh, I'm kind of curious what it's been like in the workforce. So what have you, like, what's kind of been some of those skills that you've been able to like develop in the workforce as a working professional, you know, in, in pretty cutthroat, I'm assuming it's not a very uh, civil, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot going on in the real estate business of like, you know, trying mm -hmm. to jockey for position and getting, you know, different sales through and everything. So what kind of skills have you learned and developed? Right. Yeah. So I think when people think of Washington, D.C., they're like, oh, everybody's going to be super nasty. Um, either they're super nasty and I'm just becoming one of them. Fingers <laughs> crossed that's not the truth. 
or they're actually way nicer than everybody thinks. I mean, I'm from Nebraska. We're supposed to be so nice over there. And I really haven't met that many people that I'm like, oh, wow, like you're a terrible person. So that having been said, it is a really saturated market. There are so many luxury apartment communities. You know, a lot of things in BC are about status. So the place where you live is going to be like, oh, I want to show it off to everybody. It doesn't matter if the rents are, you know, exorbitant, anything like that. Um, so there are just so many competitors around. I've always been a very competitive person. I really do owe that to volleyball more than anything else. So walking in, I already had that part that was going to help push me, you know, that when I saw somebody even on my own team that was doing really well, that I wanted to match that or do better than that. Um, things that I've had to improve in number one overall would be communication. Um, before COVID-19, even I, you know, had to work on when I, you know, had something to say, really not being afraid to say it, having that confidence in my own voice, but also knowing how to say it efficiently, knowing the best timing, all of that worked into communication. Um, after, you know, COVID-19 kind of shut things down in DC, we actually are considered essential workers because we provide shelter. So I still had to go into work every other week, but at the same time, some of my team would be remote or I would be remote and they would be on site. And just finding that we would have to talk way more and spend way more time doing so. Just communication overall was so very important to continuing our success. And then another thing that I really, really had to learn is I want to be the go-to guy. You know, even if I haven't been able to do that in the past with other things in my life, I know that in this position, I can become that. It's going to take the extra effort extra determination, concentration, all of that, maybe even a little bit of extra time, um, but that it's a goal worth pursuing and that I have the ability to do it. You know, just having that confidence, obviously stepping into a brand new job, straight out of college, an industry I never really thought that I would get into. Uh, I didn't have that at first in like June, July, August, but it's something that I really had to develop. When you're in sales, you have to be confident in yourself you know, because you're selling that emotional connection with yourself, whatever product you have, all of that is so important. So I, I really have had to do that a lot. Yeah, I would totally agree with that, that self-confidence piece, that, that healthy amount of just, I can do this, that confidence in yourself. Yeah, for sure. Keaton, did you, did you have something you want to ask? Yeah. So again, we'll uh, change the trajectory a little bit. Um, as we were kind of talking about your path through being homeschooled and through college, and then obviously now as a professional, um, I was brought back to, uh, to my motto and, um, you've heard it a lot. Will has heard it more times than he will ever want to hear, but we'll continue to hear it of just everything happens for a reason. And that you starting in that home environment and then going into the college environment, which then you had the ability to go out and hang out with friends and be a part of the, the team sports and, um, even moving forward into the professional field and seeing how people interact with one another and that, they may be more friendly than what you would have originally anticipated. Um, what I want to ask you about is about, is there a motto that you feel like you live your life by that you look back to often on something that you can, you can kind of hang your, hang your hat on, so to say. I think I have two. Um, and the first one is kind of kitschy, but it's be the light because my name, Lucy, comes from the, the Latin word lux, which means light. And so I've always thought I have the power, you know, even a smile, any kind of conversation, some way I can bring light in the littlest ways into the lives of people around me. 
um, it, it's a constant struggle to remember this and not get caught up in, you know, complaining or, you know, focusing on your pain or your problems, anything like that. Um, so it's always been an ongoing thing, but I really do think that it's part of my mission on, you know, on this earth to try to bring a little bit of happiness, a little bit of joy, even if it's by making a complete fool of myself to try to, you know, bring smiles to people's faces. I think that's something that I definitely can do. It's not outside of, you know, my possibilities and something that I strive for all the time. Um, the second one I would say is just be real with me. You know, I want myself, I want to be real to everybody around me and to be very honest with you guys. I have been a fake person at several times in my past, even sometimes I'm tempted in day-to-day -day situations to, you know, cover up what my true opinions are, you know, what my true struggles are and just put on that mask, put on that face. Um, I was taught to do so, you know, growing up as a child to just hide everything, keep it all on the inside. Um, I'm sometimes I'm a mess, you know, and these days I'm a little more ready to show it to people and, you know, to say, Hey, I have these problems. I have these issues that I'm working on. It helps me, um, relate to other people more to say, Hey, this is something I'm going through. Don't be afraid to talk about your struggles too. Maybe if somebody sees me being real and just being myself and being okay with it, then it'll encourage them to do the same. I cannot even describe to you the value that comes with just being yourself, being comfortable in your own two shoes while knowing that you're not perfect, but still being willing to just open yourself up to anything that the world's going to throw at you for being yourself. Yeah. And I think being relatable is extremely important. Um, obviously again, in that professional setting, but just in a social setting as well. Um, and just to show people that like we're, you're not alone and that, you know, we can all work together on whatever sort of situation. I think that was actually part of what Will and I's purpose was for this podcast was to show people that are doing extraordinary things but that may have been deemed ordinary and that are just normal people that, um, you know, are just like us and that, you know, everybody can get to this point where you're talking about, you know, a possible promotion next week, you know, all this really ben beneficial stuff for you, but that, you know, you're just a normal person as well and that you have struggles and, you know, in this time specifically, you know, in the COVID-19 um, shutdown time, like it's, it's not easy. I mean, it's, it's genuinely not easy, but, you know, everybody has to go through it and that we're all in it together. And I think that's, you know, something that's really, really important to note, you know, for now and for the rest of our lives too. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And just going off of that a little bit, one of the major things, you know, I could say, hey, I'm successful in my professional life. I had a great college career, um, whether it was classes, having fun, you know, friend groups, things like that. Um, but hey, there's so much going on behind the scenes. Again, there's so many messy parts of my life. I got issues like everybody else. But I think oftentimes we're so tempted to just put that out there, put that little framed picture out there for people. Hey, this is what my life looks like. There's no more, nothing else to it. You know, it's all perfect like this. There's so much more going on. And one thing, a specific issue, this is kind of a crusade I've been on lately, is especially during COVID-19, everybody's feeling a little down. There's actually rampant depression going on with people being so lonely, being at home. You know, the things that they found in their life that they got meaning from have been taken away. One thing I just want to say here, you know, while I have the time to speak my voice is go to therapy. Everybody in this world should go to therapy. <laughs> I had to say it. 
there's nothing wrong with it. There's such a stigma about it. And I think uh, sometimes we're just tempted to think, oh my gosh, that person's so messed up. They're going to therapy. I can tell you that last semester that I was on BC's campus, I took advantage of that health center's counseling. It was excellent. It was amazing. And yeah, I kind of felt like I was sneaking off to the health center and being like, oh, I got to hide this or else people think I'm weird and I messed up and I got issues and things like that. So of course I have issues. The point is that I'm getting help for them, you know, that I'm putting for that, putting forth that effort to become a better person and I'm doing something about it. So yeah, anyway, that, that was my little rant for the day. It's acceptance, you know, it's acceptance within yourself and then, uh, then being able to ac accept who you are with other people as well. Um, and I feel like, you know, in today's day and age, a lot of times I see things on social media, whether it be Instagram or Facebook, you know, those are the two primary ones I think of, obviously is Twitter, but you really only see the good stuff that's going on in people's lives. And obviously that's a general statement um, and that it can definitely be, you know, up and down, but you only see that good stuff that's going on and that social media can try to put that idea out for everybody else that you need to act perfect and that you need to have a perfect life. But I, I'm totally bought into the, to your crusade of, you know, go talk to somebody if you need to go, just, you just be real with it. That's, you know, that's, mm -hmm. that's the baseline of, of who we are and to, to be able to understand exactly who we are as well. Right. And yeah, it's I always going to be yeah. easier than you think. Yeah. And that's a crusade. Yeah, I was just going to piggyback off what Keen just said. I mean, if we're going to be on a crusade, we might as well be on <laughs> that crusade. I, yeah, I think there's, there's so much more awareness now as people, I guess just as the 21st century problems begin to, to pile up, people are a lot more understanding of that. Actually, it's funny because I was on, I was watching, I was listening about to a podcast about The Last Dance, Michael Jordan's yeah. uh, Documentary. documentary yeah and it was funny because this is this is loosely related it just came up in my brain but uh there was a point where scotty pippen had a migraine headache and was like going through a lot of like mental issues and stuff and michael jordan was just super unex well i guess partially he was a he was accepting but other than that mostly on the side he was super unaccepting of that and just like come on dude just get better so I feel like, yeah, as time has gone on, people are so much more aware and so much more open to the, to the, to the, really the benefits. And I think everyone, yeah, if they should check it out. Yeah, absolutely. It's so daunting, but once you take that first step, sign up for that first session, whatever it may be, I mean, there's online therapy, there's, you know, self-help books, all of that, that entire realm. Once you take that first step into that realm, you're going to find, oh, wait, this is for everybody. You know, we all have problems. So there's something, there's, there's healing out there for everybody there's always going to be a solution out there. Yeah. We, I, we all have problems. You know, some of, some of us are just more honest about it. I feel like too. And I, I did have a little bit of a, this, a little bit of a segue, but I feel like I was definitely curious about the social life, I guess, that is accompanied with young professionals in, I guess in DC, but also just in the, in the country, because I don't know if you had any thoughts on that. Cause I'm, it's a, just an interesting time of life where you've moved from your college where you were comfortable, where you had people to talk to all the time. And now you're in a zone where there are people that are your age and doing the same thing as you, but are they like, are you friends with them? I don't know. Just how does, what's the social aspect been for you? Yeah. Like, are you acquaintances or like friends or close friends? I, I'm also curious. I'm, I'm, I like this question. 
Yeah, I like it too. Well, you know me, I always got thoughts. I, I definitely have opinions for you here. So DC is, like I said, vastly different from BC. At BC, you knew, you know, almost 90%, I felt like, of the people you walked past, even if you had never really had a conversation, like you knew their name, or you knew what year they were, you knew kind of something about them. Um, but here, just the high volume of people packed into a pretty small area, it's crazy, because you're never even going to get the chance to meet the, the large majority of people here. At BC, I, I'm not going to say I was popular, but like, I had my different circles, I, you know, had my go-to people, I had fostered relationships there, close relationships, um, that hopefully will last a lifetime. It was just so much easier on a smaller scale, um, you know, with shared activities, whether it was classes, extracurriculars, sports, um, even just, you know, living next to somebody or with somebody. Um, it was just so much easier with proximity to form those relationships. Here, it takes a lot more effort. And I will say this is not an uncommon trend um, that a bunch of young professionals and their early 20s are going to want to spend their weekends going out to bars, you know, going out to clubs, really partying, whatever it might be, um, which is something that I didn't even approach until actually Valentine's Day of this year was the first time that I ever went out in D.C. Um, and even though, you know, I had a partying experience at B.C. in the house parties, I mean, some of them sometimes could get a little crazy. But compared to the DC social scene and going out, I was, I will say I was a little bit overwhelmed. I felt like an introvert. I'm not an introvert, but I felt like one. So it was, yeah, it was a lot to handle. Um, but then I tried it again, you know, I kind of have met some friends through my volleyball leagues here that were a little bit more comfortable with that kind of scene. And they were willing to, you know, push me to just try something new like that. Um, but a lot of the time, the social scene is centered around drinking or, you know, being at bars, just being in a little, like, gathering place. Uh, one thing that I have really yet to find here is a really solid um, adult Catholic community. Obviously, at BC, it was so easy. The church is right there. You were involved in, you know, whatever Bible study you wanted to join, there was one out there for you. Um, several churches around Adoration Chapel, literally right around the corner. I, like, you couldn't get better than that. So going from that to this city that is, I mean, I wouldn't say super religious, um, being forced to put in the extra effort um, was definitely a transition that had to be made. Uh, but it was very difficult to do. And uh, also, I moved here without a car. So I depended on the metro. That's the, the rail system here. Um, so it just made everything a little bit more difficult and made me a little less motivated to find that. I will say something that COVID-19 has inspired in me is that, first of all, I really hope to get a car soon. And second of all, yeah. I'm going to use that car to drive to whatever church is necessary to join that young adult group because I just need that community. I need that interaction. Um, and to be able to meet friends on that common basis um, is just so important to me. That having been said, I have also been forced to be friends, continue friendships. Um, I wouldn't say forced, but really um, have wanted to continue friendships with people who are nothing like me or who have maybe one or two things in common. And that's also been a really positive experience. I think we're tempted so much of the time to just say, oh, this person's exactly like me, or hey, I'm not even gonna pay attention to those people because I think that they do this and I don't approve, or I think that they think this. I don't have to agree with all my friends on anything. I would say that I don't have a single friend that I agree with everything upon, you know? So being here has only really furthered my ability 
to have conversations with people, to com- create connections with people um, despite differences. Like uh, one of my favorite things about my current current job is that, you know, sometimes in the break room, conversations will come up between myself and my coworkers who are very different people. I literally have had several conversations with my boss about the existence of God. I'm like, I would have never thought that would have happened. And I didn't think I was ready for it either. But here I was just being put in these situations. So yeah, hopefully that gives you an idea maybe of the difference. Yeah. And I, you know, something that I think that like is important to keep in mind too, is that it's really good to have community. You know, you never want to feel alone or, or actually be alone, but I also think it's really important to have healthy community. And that's like, I'm not, I'm not saying that your coworkers are not, are not a healthy community, but getting into that like Catholic youth group, you know, you know that they're all the people there are there for a good purpose and are there to try to work with one another and work for each other as well. Um, and I think everybody needs to try to find that healthy community. And I, you know, that's what Will and I were given when we showed up at BC was that the lacrosse team was extremely inviting. You know, you were extremely inviting. You brought me in SGA. Um, and just that, that inviting attitude of, you know, we're here for you when we can, we will, we are willing to do something for you, I think is really important too. Um, but I feel like, I, I think we've, we've got a good, uh, good feel of who you are now and kind of what brought you to that point. I want to kind of look forward a little bit. Um, I want to ask you what you would say is your definition of success, whether that be a job, whether that be a mental standing, whether that be a financial standing. I just want to kind of get your gauge on the, uh, the idea of success. Right. I mean, I'm sure you could search out there and receive thousands of different answers. Mine is very, very simple, and I'm sure somebody said it before. But my definition of success is that I and still striving and improving. You know, if I'm putting forward the effort, the actions, the words, whatever it might take to become a better person, I am successful. I'm a success. I think there are so many metrics placed on success. And, you know, as soon as you meet it, it's going to be pushed off. Or, you know, as soon as you make this financial goal, or there's always another one. Or as soon as you think, oh, I really made it, you know, or people really like me, there's always something else that you're going to wish for. Um, so, I'm really trying to keep my success um, very personal to me. And do I feel like I'm doing the most? Do I feel like I'm doing what I should be and what I can do? You know, not everything is in my control, but am I doing what needs to be done on my part to make sure that I'm a good person, that I'm a righteous person, um, and that I'm sharing what I can with other people too? Yeah, Yeah, I would definitely agree with that too. And we've, Keaton and I have also talked about like in different previous episodes about how how we define success and you're right it is crazy how how different everyone's definition can be but I think yeah I definitely overlap with a lot of what you said about success and I think Keaton probably agrees as well yeah and it's super it's cool I was gonna say it's cool to have a vision too I mean I I really thought about it till we started asking the question I was like yeah (laughs) it's something that I think is so important to have somewhat defined i mean as as well as you can like something that i'm kind of aiming towards something i'm trying to move towards as an individual yeah and like like a goal that you can kind of continuously strive for and i think a lot of our ideas of success are really centered around kind of the same idea and i think all of like at the very baseline level you know if you ask me this question it's what i would answer and i know it's not my interview but i would say just being happy and i think everything that you were talking about is what makes you happy. And that, that brings you to be in a happy state is because you know you can continuously improve and that not only that you know you can do it, but you are doing it. You know, I think it's one step to the next with that. 
Yeah, exactly. I think if it, if you could describe it in one word, it would just be growth. You know, yeah. I, I never ever want to stop growing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, I know I know Will's got a, a good question uh, banked up. You want to go ahead and uh, toss it out there? Yeah, this one's been cooking on the back burner here for a sec. Um, so right, let me try to figure out how to phrase this. So basically, curious. So like, if you like. Let's fast forward. Like we said, we're in the future, kind of yeah, looking set, towards set the future. The yeah, set we got to set the scene, lay, get the lay of the land. So we were talking a little bit about the future, you know, and kind of where you see yourself going. And I'm curious what, if you could think of a story that you would want to be able to tell, like your kids or your grandkids or like some, somebody like that of how you basically lived your life like a story that just would like kind of encapsulate um kind of your life and your vision of success and as he's asking that as well i would say you could either try to use a story that's already happened to you or one that you think you would like to happen to you because i think those are both Mm -hmm. you know available options yeah okay so it's going to be very similar for me to a couple things that i've mentioned here about being that go-to guy that go-to gal um, in the future, you know, looking back or, you know, if my grandkids, um, fingers crossed, um, if my grandkids hear about me or stories about me, I want them to hear that Lucy was the go-to gal. You know, she was dependable. I knew that she would always be there for me, little things, big things, whatever it may be. I don't have any visions of grandeur, you know, about, oh, I'm going to change the world through this big event. You know, I'm going to become this, you know, high authority or anything like that. And it's really the little way, you know, St. Therese. um, I actually, one of my favorite books of all time is I Believe in Love. And just talking about, you know, I don't have to do these gigantic things on a big scale. And, you know, I don't have that kind of pressure on my life. What's going to make the long-term difference is going to be going through those little daily actions, my little daily interactions with whoever that I encounter and making sure that those are all done correctly and lined up. That's what's going to make a difference. So looking back at Lucy Wonderlick, I mean, nobody will probably be able to say, oh my gosh, wow. Like she did this and this and this. She accomplished all these great things. It's going to look pretty ordinary. I have come to terms with that, you know? But that doesn't mean it's any less amazing. When you look at the human beings that you know on a scale, you're gonna be like, well, there's so many of them. There's so many different things about them. They're still individually amazing. Even though at this point in our lives, maybe we haven't like done anything like big, wow, headlines, like anything like that. But I don't need that either. I mean, I know that kind of goes in with my definition of success. So looking back, I mean, there's not gonna be, you know, there's not gonna be any books written about me. But that doesn't mean that, you know, I won't make an impact. Well, I think you're, I think you're promoting the, the podcast. Yeah, I was going to say. Perfectly, you know. <laughs> Took that right out of the description. Yeah, like you, you're not, you're not going to have someone write an, a biography about you. You know, you're not going to have a mural in, in DC or anything like that. But, you know, your family knows that you're there for them and your friends know that same thing and that you are doing extraordinary things, even though it's not necessarily on this grand scale in comparison to like, I don't know, George Washington, someone that, once you say the name, everybody's like, oh yeah, I know exactly who that is right away. But you're still doing such extraordinary things now and continuously. And um, something that has been mentioned in our previous podcast as well is that, you know, you, you want to build up to get to that, that point of where, you know, that success. And it takes those little actions, those many little actions, those many little bricks 
to be able to build up to that entire state of success and of happiness. And, you know, it doesn't happen immediately. And, um, you know, these, what story you're going to tell your grandkids, it may just be, oh yeah, when my sister needed me to be there for her for after a 24 hour drive, I drove 24 hours straight. You know, I was there, you know, it doesn't have to be this grand thing, but it's like, I got you, you know, I, I'm, I, I have your back now, for now and forever. And that's for your whole family. And again, for your friends too. Yeah, absolutely. And I think when you think back, or maybe, you know, not knowing all these heroes that we're always told about all these stories that we do hear about these grandiose things that happen, you know, these moments in history, I'm not entirely sure that the people in those moments that we hear about so much were like, oh, yeah, this is the thing that's going to make me famous. You know, you never really know. I'm sure they in their day to day lives were kind of just like, okay, I'm doing what needs to be done. We'll take it day by day and step by step. And then look what happened. You know, I can't, I can't say, you know, maybe something big won't happen. It really depends on what God wants to use me for. Who am I to know what that's going to be? You know what I mean? And I'm okay with that too. I couldn't agree more. You know, everything happens for a reason. And the only person that really knows that reason that at all points is, is God. Um, but I want to go ahead and ask you, Lucy, do you have any questions that you'd like to, to ask Will or I as we uh, begin to wrap this up? Yes, I actually do have one question because I like to challenge people. Um, I want to ask you guys what's something that you've really learned either about yourself or your habits or what needs to be done, what needs to be changed in your life. Um, this is a really reflective period of time in a lot of people's lives just because, you know, the, the external forces, the noise, you could say the busyness is kind of lowered. What have you guys learned about yourselves during this, you know, stay at home quarantine pandemic situation? Um, and then what are you going to change once life maybe returns a little bit back to normal? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. I, I have something a little crafted up. Will, if uh, you want me to go ahead and I mean, go if for you it. got the craft Mac and cheese, you better uh, serve it up here real quick. You know, uh, Mac and cheese and meatballs, of course, but um, <laughs> yeah, you know, something that I had to work through a lot this last year. Um, I was an RA with, uh, with Kendall Williams, uh, who was actually our first podcast guest um, at Newman Hall. And he really helped me a lot with consistency. And like that has been so important for me for my entire life because I've either been consistently inconsistent or how we're getting to now of starting to actually get some sort of consistency within my life. And it's really easy when you go back from school um, during the, the outbreak to wake up at noon and, you know, do sleep in as, as late as you want, um, stay up as late as you want, you know, do your homework whenever you really want to. But I really, I, I made a point for myself to be awake, you know, nine, nine thirty around that time. Obviously I know people that get up at 5am. I know Will gets up at 7am every day. You know, that's, that's just not who I am at my core. So I've been keeping myself consistent while also knowing who I am and moving forward as we move out of this pandemic, I think that's really going to apply to everything I do to being more consistent, being more intentional with lacrosse and spending extra time off the field working towards it, being more intentional, being more consistent um, in my relationships, both with my girlfriend, with, you know, my good friend, Will, with, with my family, with, with every single different situation. Um, and then also being more consistent with school and really just making that choice of kind of deciding who I want to be, not just, not just talking about who I want to be and thinking about who I want to be, but really becoming who I want to be at the end of the day. And I'll, I'll that really sounds like a great plan. 
I love that. You know, and it, it takes time, but you know, anything that's worth it, I think really takes time as well. So I'll, I'll go ahead and toss it over to you, Will. Yeah, I guess uh, balls in my court. Yeah, um, yeah, I guess I definitely, I definitely learned a lot this time. Um, I, like we all, you said, it's a reflective period. It's something that shook everybody up, and something new kind of came from that. Um, I guess I can just—it's kind of simple, but I realized at this during this quarantine that no amount of YouTube will ever satisfy and it's <laughs> it's pretty That's it's pretty basic but <laughs> what that should be whenever we ask that motto question you should lead in with that this is my new motto it's like man cannot live on youtube alone uh so <laughs> it's like i said it's pretty simple but it's something that we, we, i i learned it firsthand because i mean everyone can relate to this when you have what do you do if you don't have anything to do for a day boom, YouTube. And I'm not against YouTube in any way. I love YouTube. I mean, obviously, because we've all spent ungodly hours on YouTube. But like, I just, it, it kind of came to me after one day I was like, I'm, I like this, but I'm genuinely not happy with how I'm spending my time. Like, I, these are not bad videos. And like, this is really informative on a lot of different aspects. And like, it's entertainment. That's just like quality, like sports highlights or different um documentaries on like different things and i was watching a lot of like sports biographies like different sports players it was so interesting um but i just realized like i'm not happy while i'm i'm not completely happy while i'm doing this and doing more of youtube or just you can extend it to just entertainment in general is not going to do it for me like i definitely have a limit and i found that limit <laughs> so I think that's something that I want to keep an eye on. I don't know. Yeah. Keep an eye on moving forward of just kind of understanding, am I watching this because I'm just genuinely enjoying it and I'm happy or am I watching this to like kind of fill a need or just like, because I'm bored. Um, so that's something I want to, I want to take away from this and yeah. So. And I, I okay. feel like that gives you like, like half full happiness, you know, like, like a, like a, a water bottle or something, you know, it's, it's half full. Like you may feel like you're somewhat happy, um, but it's not that fulfilled and extreme happy happiness. And, you know, that's a lesson I, I could have probably put that for my lesson too. I think that's a really good lesson to, to take, especially when you, you know, extend it to all entertainment, you know, we're all binging TV shows, playing a lot of video games, you know, all of that's fun to an extent. And I, I, I really I really like that answer yeah because there's I mean I was thinking about it too there, there's really no there's no end to it like you could literally go 24 hours of just pure entertainment which again not bad but is that but where it, I want to go it I, doesn't you know it doesn't mean you can't you know dabble and enjoy yeah, it a little yeah, bit exactly exactly but when that's like the sole focus of your happiness you know if you ask me that that's an issue in my mind yeah, that screen time will definitely get you. I think you almost don't realize how much it is. And then maybe you get that little notification. You're like, oh, wow, I spent so much time watching instead of actually acting. I know you need to learn and these videos can be informational and all that kind of stuff. Um, one thing that I could not, um, you know, really say and really praise enough is a social media fast. I mean, I think that needs to be tried so much more often. And it's very, very difficult if you're so used to having it. I probably, so I decided I'm going to break my Instagram social media fast. Um, 
actually I recently did, which is how I found out about this podcast. So I'm going to post um, on the behalf of this podcast eventually, and probably then delete Instagram right afterwards. But Please it's do. true that you can just, you could just so quickly lose sight of why I'm actually doing this and just keep watching, keep just sitting on your couch um, and kind of leads to a place of comfort and feeling stagnant. Um, which mm-hmm. can be pretty dangerous sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was going to say quick, you have to find that point too. Like you can say it all you want, but until, I mean, until this time, I never really felt actual unhappiness. <laughs> I'd always kind of known, all right, don't watch too much TV, blah, blah, blah. But like, I was actually in the spot where it was a real, like, wow, it was just a wake up moment. So go ahead. Keaton. And I, I, I was going to say, like, like baseball too, you know, both Will and I had completely foregone our social media as Will never really had social media to begin with, uh, you know, by choice. And then um, as the podcast started to get rolling a little bit, you know, it forced me to get back social media. And although I like have it on my phone, it's, it's interesting to note that two years ago I would probably be on it all the time. And now I'm, I'm just uninterested because you know, it's these people saying that their lives are going really well and everything and, you know, not, not being true, not being real. And that's, that's what I want. And then that's, that's clearly what you want too. Um, and, you know, you just gotta, you gotta find what really makes you happy, like truly happy. And that, that can only be decided by yourself. Um, but Lucy, want to appreciate you and thank you for coming on. This was, this was awesome. I, I know I really enjoyed it. I'm, Sure, Will would say the same. Um, yep, great, definitely. Great question you asked us, and uh, great questions or answers uh, throughout it as well. Um, we'll uh, we'll get in touch with you and let you know kind of when we're going to publish this. Um, but you know, thanks for thanks for stopping by. Absolutely, it was a pleasure. It was really nice. I mean, again, thank you for just letting me talk about myself and you know my opinions. If anybody knows me, they'll know those opinions are very readily available. So thank you for asking for them. I really enjoyed this, guys. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, of course. And if anybody needs to join Lucy's crusade, I'm sure you can find her on Instagram and go ahead and send her a message that way. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Thanks again, Lucy. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the How of Who We Are, episode five. Super exciting, super happy to, that we were able to get this out to you guys. Hoping to have some more content on the way. Uh, we definitely have an exciting interview coming up for you sooner than later, hopefully. Uh, Keaton, any final words? Yeah, without a doubt. You know, I think I really enjoyed this interview. I know you did well. Um, you know, I even believe Lucy did too. And I, I hope everybody that was listening in um, would feel the same way. Just want to make a quick mention. Um, you know, we want to try to promote ourselves as much as possible. We've got an Instagram page, we've got a Twitter, and we're even launching a YouTube here pretty soon. You can find us at, at the how underscore of who we are. Please listen in, follow us, you know, comment, please, please let us know how we're doing. Um, as we've mentioned before, we are on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts, pretty much anywhere you can find us. Um, and I know we're really enjoying doing this. So if you guys keep listening in. We'll keep rolling out the content. Yeah, I'd even add too. Just feel free to contact us on Instagram if you feel like you've you want to be on the podcast. You're you're interested in promoting what you're doing, or interested in just having a conversation. We believe that ordinary people are doing extraordinary things out there. So feel free to hit us up.